you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to another edition of Fantasy Camp. We have gone through a couple of divisions. We still have six more divisions to go. I'm glad for everybody who has been a part of this so far. Looking forward to the people that we have coming up. Uh, Like I said, I've been trying to get some folks that maybe you uh, aren't so familiar with and some familiar names as well. So this week we have a couple of names that uh, you should be very familiar with, not only just from Fantasy Twitter, but hopefully from listening to this podcast, from watching NFL Network, from all that. These are people who are not just friends of the program, but are friends as well. I will introduce them to you in a moment. But first, because uh, our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire, is off on vacation in New York City. Enjoy that time, Eddie. Uh, sitting in for us today is the one and only Ricky Hollywood. So, Ricky, hello. Thanks for uh, sitting in and helping us out. Today. Hey, of course. Yeah, excited Excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get to 
people who are going to help me talk about the AFC South today on Fantasy Camp. Uh, one, you know her, you love her, you have seen her everywhere all throughout the network, and uh, we are glad to uh, allow her to, we're glad that she's able to pull herself away from her busy schedule and sit in her comfy chair and join us. Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, how are you? You know, I'm chilling. My busy schedule of, you know, I've, I've been like doing a lot of writing, more writing okay. lately. So, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good articles. But other than that, you know, real busy, real oh, busy. Yeah, understood. Understood. <laughs> uh, and also joining us, uh, you heard him on this pod for a long time as well. Now he is off and spread his wings and is doing his own thing over at Fantasy Points. Uh, it's the one and only Graham Barfield. Graham, appreciate you jumping on, man. How's life? Uh, it's it's good, man. It's good to be uh, be back doing a show with you. Uh, I legit got excited when you sent me the show notes. Like I got all giddy, got like a warm and fuzzy <laughs> feeling all again. It was it's good. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, excited to kind of talk about the AFC South. Uh, you got some big questions for each team, some you know best and worst potentially, and some some either ors at the end. But I actually kind of wanted to start go off menu a little bit because there were a couple of pieces of news. Uh, that have happened on Monday that uh, I think are worth sort of talking about. And want to start, um, Tom Pelissero, among others, reporting uh, that the league, the NFL, and the Players Association have agreed to a plan for testing for COVID-19 for the first couple weeks of camp. It'll be daily tests. And then if the rate drops below 5% for players and Tier 1, Tier 2 individuals, uh, they'll move on to every other day. There are a whole lot of other details. I won't get too in the weeds about it. But, I mean, Cynthia, right now, this this unequivocally seems like a good thing right now. It seems like the start to a season. It's definitely a big step. Um, I was actually surprised they got it done so fast, given, mm -hmm. I mean, we saw that J.J. Watt tweet, what was it, two days ago, three days ago, <laughs> right. something, where, like, they're like, uh, we want to play, but we don't really have anything kind of going here. So it's good to see that they could reach a decision quickly and it seems like at least they're trying to start the season on time yeah i mean look we got training camps uh, by in about a week from now all the training camps should be open so that uh, hopefully is a, a positive there there i know there's still some other issues to work out but this seems like a, a very good thing uh so let's just keep our fingers crossed that everything continues to trend in a positive direction um the other piece of news uh, look, Graham, some some artists work in oils, some work in clay. Uh, Antonio Brown works in cryptic tweets, and he sent out a cryptic tweet uh, earlier on Monday that seems to suggest he is retiring, which is sort of weird because he had already retired and hadn't come back from his retirement. So he's retiring from retire. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. But it had sort of become fashionable uh, to take that late round swing on a B, especially in best ball drafts, just in the event that maybe he comes back. But I assume Graham, this sort of throws some cold water on that now. Yeah. This is like what the, the fifth time a B has retired <laughs> on Twitter in the last like year. Um, you would think after, after the, like now that we're here, uh, this might be it, but I, I'm assuming it's because the Seahawks just said they weren't going to sign him. I'm still expecting, I think a B will get a shot somewhere. I mean, he's still one of the most talented receivers to ever like you know play but uh yeah there's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of baggage going on with him and and uh you know it does seem like it, you know it, it did seem like he was kind of trending towards signing maybe before training camps get started but uh, i think it's going to take a couple weeks and you know a team is going to give him a shot and we'll see if he gets playing time but yeah out, you, you nailed it outside of a late round <laughs> shot he's not really worth it who do you guys think plays is more likely to play this year i should say uh antonio brown or josh gordon <laughs> oh god you're just trying to rip me now, <laughs> I am, I'm just, I'm <laughs> now that's all. oh ab i guess ab 
Uh, I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, I think AB played. So AB, but you know, I kind of like in terms of who I want to play, it's Josh Gordon, but because Antonio Brown, I'm like, yeah, do what you got to do, bro. But like, <laughs> Josh, Gordon, Josh Gordon, I think he's like, you know, he's, it feels like he's trying so hard and they just got to root for him, you know? Right. So it's not my heart. It's, but I, Antonio Brown plays. I All think. right. All right. Uh, fair enough. I just, I saw that story today. And I'm like, this is at least worth chatting up if nothing else. For um, Graham, of course. Right. All right. Um, okay. Let's move on to the, the crux of what we want to talk about. The AFC South. We'll go by through team by team, talk about some of the big questions here. Let's start. In Houston, uh, I'll start with you, Cynthia. How much do you believe in David Johnson? Can there be a resurgence for David Johnson this year? Uh, there can be. Um, <laughs> I, but uh, there, there's an O-line in front of him that's kind of a problem. I mean, outside of Laramie Tunzel, there's some real issues there. Um, I think I hope like there's a part of me that like really wants him to be and like to come back and well, us all to look foolish for saying that he's not going to. But I think this has like complete bust written all over it. And I stay far away from that. You have to factor it in because you have seen, you know, a big investment made in David Johnson. But Lord, I don't want to run behind that line again. <laughs> on the set, but woof, like, uh-uh. like, can he just be a permanent blocker for, you know, <laughs> for Deshaun Watson? Because that might actually net in more points and at least more yards. So. I don't know. I say no. Maybe that's a Debbie Downer of me. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I I have tried to believe that it's going to come back. I tried to believe that, you know, look, Carlos Hyde had a thousand yards right behind that offensive line last year. And David Johnson can at least catch the ball more. I mean, I'm, am I is it wishful thinking, Graham? Am I just am I reaching too much for something that's not really there? Yeah, it's nice to want things, like you said, Mark. It's always nice to want things, but Duke Johnson is still a really good player. I mean, he's going to earn his targets, and Deshaun Watson has never been a quarterback that wants to dump the ball off. I mean, I think over the last uh, last year, he was like third in targeting. Uh, third, he, he targeted his running backs at the third lowest rate in the NFL, and that's where we want DJ to get the ball. We want him to get those PPR points, um, and you know, he's now playing with a quarterback who doesn't dump it down, and uh, like Cynthia said, bad offensive line. I'm I'm kind of out on DJ, and I'm I'm more so out on him not because I think he doesn't have anything left in the tank. Because I, I went back and watched some of his uh, games before he got hurt last year, and I thought he still uh, had pretty good explosiveness, pretty good agility. Um, the Cardinals' offensive line kind of stunk, but you know now he's on this team where Duke Johnson's going to get the ball, Deshaun Watson doesn't check it down, and there's a lot of receivers that go in his ADP range in drafts like Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett that I just much prefer. Okay, well, you I would probably even he stills over him. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, you mentioned the wide receivers, right? I mean, do we have a clear cut bona fide wide receiver one? Is it, is it Brandon cooks? Is it Kenny still, or is the, is it Will Fuller? Is there Graham, a, a, a guy that you look at that like, this is the guy who's going to absorb the most targets this year. It'll probably be Will Fuller. Um, I know Fuller has not been a guy that's been able to stay on the field and stay healthy. And, and maybe he can this year. Uh, he's going to be their number one target, though. I mean, they're going to try to make Brandon Cooks uh, the the guy he he previously was. I mean, Cooks had what four five uh, four or five one thousand yard seasons previously. But I think Marcus, I think they're just going to try to pepper all these guys, and they're not going to really have a clear number one. But if I had to bet, it'd be Fuller. This is one of those situations where week to week, it's going to be like you know, we're going to be on Fancy Live and we're going to be like, okay, well, Will Fuller's hurt, so go with Brandon Cooks. Okay, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are hurt, go with Kenny Stills. Like, this is what we're going to, this is the, the horrible problem we're going to find ourselves in 
this entire season is like, well, Deshaun Watson's got to pass the ball to someone. Who's it going to be? Well, I guess it's whoever's left because I feel like they're also injury prone. So I don't know. I, I'm not like, I'm not a huge believer. I guess I would go super late round. Kenny Stills would be the thing I believe the most in, in terms of those receivers. But I don't believe either one of Will Fuller or, or anyone else or Brandon Cooks can stay healthy. Yeah, you know, but, but they bring in Brandon Cooks. Uh, they brought in what Randall Cobb also to go along with Will Fuller. And I thought to myself, I'm like, they just they just have a lot of the same wide receiver there. Uh, guys who are talented, guys who are speedy, guys who struggle to stay on the field. So that that certainly gave me pause. But what also sort of made me wonder um, and you look at a lot of the, the ADP rankings and, and pre-draft rankings, pretty consistently you see Deshaun Watson right around five, right around six, somewhere there in terms of, of the QB ranking he should get at the start of the year. I mean, Cynthia, are we comfortable with that? Or is this, you know, is this like hoping for the best uh, that, that, not, that everybody stays healthy? So I have him at four right now. But again, everyone is healthy. It's all because of him. It's not because of them. Like, I feel like you could put maybe, you know, gosh, I, Randall Cobb's actually like kind of the perfect example, right? Like Randall Cobb will have a game and we'll be like, it's the Randall Cobb game, right? And it's because Deshaun Watson can create. It's because Deshaun Watson's feet are special. So, and, and his arm is special. So that to me means like, I wouldn't even bother to guess which receiver. It's just like maybe Deshaun Watson has like, you know, five touchdowns himself rushing. Who knows, right? Unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, he's going to have a lot of things to do on his own this season. So, I mean, Graham, I, I, are you down with the, where, where are you taking or what's the earliest you've been willing to take Deshaun Watson, if you have anywhere? Yeah, um, he's still what, – what's weird for me is like his ADP has not changed. Uh, even though he's lost DeAndre Hopkins, who Bill O'Brien, for whatever reason, wanted to you know trade one of the best uh, receivers ever and replace him with you know Randall Cobb, who's 30 years old, I just I don't know. I just think there's some more downside risk, like what, what we've been talking about this whole time with the receiver core uh, not being able to stay healthy, not being able to mesh. I, I just think there's some more downside risk with Watson than normal, and you know he goes in the same range as like Russell Wilson and. I just have way more confidence, not only in, in Wilson and their surrounding pieces, but Wilson's talent too, uh, to kind of overcome maybe some of the coaching deficiencies uh, that the Seahawks have. So I'm, I'm kind of out on Watson this year, and it hurts to say because he is like so talented and so much fun to watch. But uh, his, you know, his cost really just hasn't changed too much for me to be super, super invested. And I mean, Marcus, you know that I'm always going to be a late round QB guy, and, mm-hmm. and Watson is going to the sixth, seventh round. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's funny, too, because I and I've mentioned this before. I had J.J. Zacharyson on because he is maybe I won't say he's pivoting. He's not giving up the late round quarterback moniker, but he he's better not. That's his Twitter handle. I mean, he's but he's he's at least willing to reconsider. I mean, he wrote a whole big piece on how he's like reconsidered, at least in the right situations, taking a quarterback early. And I feel like if, if J.J. can change then we can all change, maybe. I don't know. Um, Never too late to start again, you know? Right. Never too late to start again. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Let's go up to Indianapolis. Uh, Graham, what do you think is the ceiling for Jonathan Taylor this year? And, you know, is is Marlon Mack going to actually go away in this offense? That's the thing. That is going to be the biggest question this whole year is what kind of role will Jonathan Taylor get? And the the way I've been thinking of it is – you don't draft Jonathan Taylor. You don't, first of all, you don't move up to draft Jonathan Taylor if you're not going to give him a big role, which is what the Colts did. They draft him super early, moved up to get him. I think at the end of the year, we'll see Taylor be the 1A. 
Uh, and I kind of I'm kind of envisioning like a Nick Chubb type rookie season for him where it starts. You know, it's going to take him some time to get rolling, especially now with an abbreviated offseason and an abbreviated training camp. It's going to take him some time to get used to the offense. But running backs in general, it's a lot easier for them to transition in the NFL than, say, a wide receiver or a tight end, especially quarterback. And Jonathan Taylor is like one of the five most talented runners that I've seen come out of college in recent years. I, I think it's going to be pretty quick acclimation period for him. But again, it just comes down to how big of a role Marlon Mack gets. And also secondarily, like Naheem Hines isn't going to go away. They love playing him on third downs and passing situations. And in fantasy, we need Jonathan Taylor to get a couple receptions to kind of boost his floor every week. And at least early in the year, I don't think we'll see Taylor be like an every week starter. But that doesn't mean by week eight or week nine, he won't be. Yeah, you mentioned Naheem Hines too, and there's uh, there was like some talk. Frank Reich saying he could envision a game where Naheem Hines had ten catches or more in a game, which seems great. But like, I would like for Frank to tell us like which game that is, so I would know. <laughs> That'd be nice. Start. <laughs> um, how much Cynthia does Philip Rivers still have left in the tank? Do you believe? He's going to slang it. Whether or not he's good at doing it, he's going to slang it. Like, there's no there's no stopping this passing situation. Like, we can talk about all these running backs, and yes, they do have a lot of running backs for sure, and they're all interesting. And who is the Austin Eckler and who is the Melvin Gordon? I don't know. I just know that it's a really good thing for T.Y. Hilton, and it is a very good thing for any of the pass catchers, really, because when you have that type of willingness to throw the ball – you're going to have a lot more opportunities for everyone. You, you can draft whoever you want. You can it all. It's all good, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, it makes Ty Hilton way more. Like I think he'll like people will not draft him as high because you know they're kind of re- the recency bias of like last season not being like that true wide out one sort of fantasy performance situation. But I think that makes that just boosts Ty into that like top tier wide out for me. Okay, so T.Y. obviously I think is the consensus wide receiver one there in Indianapolis. Graham, who is number two? Is it is it Michael Pittman? Is it somebody else? I'm, I'm saying Michael Pittman because I'm being a USC homer. I mean, well, it, yeah, maybe it is him or is it somebody good. else. He's, good. <laughs> he's a big Pittman. guy. Yeah, he's he's good at the game, and I know he's your boy, uh, Marcus. But I I don't know. I think I, you know with the the abbreviated off season and everything. I think um, we're I'm I'm expecting Paris Campbell to play a bigger role this year. He dealt with like five injuries last year, just could not stay healthy, could not get on the field. And now, you know, he's with the quarterback and Rivers, like Cynthia just said, he's going to he's going to throw the ball. I mean, Philip Rivers loves his YOLO balls and he loves throwing to slot receivers. And Paris Campbell is now healthy. I, I think there's a chance Campbell will be their number two receiver. It's just going to come down to like how run heavy the Colts are going to be because they they now have two good backs and and JT and Mac. Look at that offensive line. Like Philip so Rivers sick. hasn't had that before. Right. So I mean, he's just he's going to be <laughs> no, chucking he hasn't. that. You're right. No, he's he going to be chucking it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's 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 one of the reasons that I've kind of you know been. I won't say excited, but a little more optimistic about those times. Like when I've taken a late swing at Phillip Rivers in a draft or maybe make it made him my second quarterback or something like that. It is because he's got that offensive line and, and he's not like Phillip Rivers is not the most fleet of foot. So the fact that he would occasionally have to run for his life back there with the Chargers was not all that encouraging. So hopefully there's less of that this year. That's that's something to, to be encouraged about. And we do need to talk about Jack Doyle because, I mean, Matt Money Smith, like, we, we have to bring it up, right? Yeah. Without. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to try. I don't, I don't have Money's but... pipes. Like, I, I wish I could. <laughs> no, one does. no one does. No one does. Money's pipes. No, those are, those are like, ones in a lifetime. No, but, but I will say the case for Pittman about his 
being big, right? Without Eric Ebron there, of course they did bring in Trey Burton. So they do have two tight end situation with Jack Doyle. Can't do it. See, you shouldn't have tried. And Trey Burton. So they do have like the pass catching situation kind of handled, but Pittman is big, big body, middle of the field could be a red zone target. That's kind of why I would say take a flyer on him in your later round of your draft for your fantasy teams, because to me, that could be, I, I agree with you, Paris Gamble, who's super speedy, like that could be great too. But but ultimately, maybe the Pittman in the red zone situation could be worth noting. And I will say one thing, week one, week two, look to see who Xavier Rhodes is lined up against. I can't remember the Colts schedule off the top of my head, but Matt Eberflutes, who's a defensive coordinator, he'll get, he'll fix the Xavier Rhodes problem, right? Last year, we saw him be very not so great when he was a Viking. But I think we're going to see more of that kind of 16, 17 type Xavier Rhodes. So just keep an eye on whoever, if you're going to play in one, you know, in daily fantasy, or if you're going to be playing kind of a one week matchup, like look to see who Xavier Rhodes will be against because Ibrahim will fix that problem. There there you go. Uh, Real quick, before we get to Jacksonville, an update. This is uh, via Adam Schefter. Uh, Apparently the NFL has offered the Players Association to play zero preseason games. So, uh, and we talked earlier about the, the testing plan and, and how that's a big step toward, you know, the two sides sort of coming together. Zero preseason <laughs> games this is another big step, right? I mean, look, I, every little thing that gets us back to actual football is a, is a plus. So I just want to go to work. I'm just I'm just happy to see common sense when I'm happy to see common sense when this is what was always needed to happen. And. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Marcus. I'm glad that we're, we're getting close. Right. Feels like Can we're I ask close. one question about common sense for just, sure. just really. players wear helmets? No. Yes. Correct. Couldn't we outfit every helmet with like some sort of like somebody somewhere has to be smart enough to invent a mask that goes under the helmet that makes it such that we are socially distant, that, that we as players are socially distanced or pra- like, there's gotta be some like hazmat looking thing that could, Come on, I just want to go to work. I saw, I saw a, a workup or something of a visor that you know was proposed to put underneath the helmet. Uh, I don't know if this was like you know officially sanctioned or if this was just somebody who was just kind of playing around with designs. But there were at least ideas floating out there. So. Please, I mean that's the only sport where like you're really wearing something where you could actually protect your face, right? Like you know, <laughs> basketball. They're so like yucky, right? I, don't, I didn't like <laughs> when I played basketball. I didn't like like. When I'm like, oh, that's a very sweaty girl over there. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I didn't like that one bit. Like, but now we have like, I mean, football, at least there, it just seems like there's got to be where there's a will, there's a way, right? There's a lot of smart people who know about this. Whenever I played basketball, I inevitably ended up guarding the sweatiest person on <sighs> Which is all of them. <laughs> it just seemed and, and like, shirts, <laughs> like you know, you're playing shirts versus skins. It doesn't matter. Like it's just gross either way. It just it doesn't matter. So not into um, all right, over to Jacksonville. Uh, Graham, it seems like the Jaguars don't really like Leonard Fournette. Um, should we like Leonard Fournette this year because of that? Yeah, yeah that's that's the a big question you're going to have in your draft, right? Is like what to do with Fournette because you know he just got like what 340 touches last year, caught 70 balls, uh, got really unlucky in the touchdown department, only scored three times. Um, but now the Jags have signaled they might want to scale back. His workload. We've got a new head coach in Jay Gruden. Um, I know there's been some fantasy Twitter buzz about Chris Thompson and his role, but he's going to play on some passing downs. So he's going to play on some capacity. But I think the biggest one for me in terms of 
uh, watching, you know, just how much Fournette gets the ball in the pass game is the addition of LaVisca Chenault. Uh, he's a running back in a wide receiver's body. And uh, I think that he is going to, to potentially kind of steal some of those targets too from Fournette. And Fournette's going in a range now where, you know, it's late second, early third round. There's a lot of receivers on the board I'm interested in between Allen Robinson and A.J. Brown. And frankly, there's cheap volume late. I mean, David Montgomery goes in the fifth or sixth round in most drafts, and you can make an argument that Fournette and Montgomery's touch total probably at the end of the year won't be too, too different. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm kind of out on Fournette. I, I want to believe in the talent. I want to believe that he can put together a good season. But this Jags team is slated to only win five games. It's the lowest win total in the NFL. And I just don't really think Fournette's touchdown opportunity is going to go up too much to the point where it's worthy of being a, a late second or early third round pick. You mentioned Chenault too, and that's a guy that I again. You talk about late rounds of drafts. Like I have, I have thrown some darts there because just watching him at Colorado, he was sort of a Swiss Army knife for the Buffaloes. Exactly. I mean, he was he was kind of the focal point of their offense, and they moved him around, you know, all sort inside, outside, backfield, whatever. Uh, and if they can sort of harness some of that in Jacksonville, I do think there's some some potential there. Uh, Cynthia, do you trust any receivers there beyond DJ Chark in that offense? Um, I'd like to be positive and say that if you find it at the right value, then yes, I can trust them. <laughs> you, can, you can be real. You don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it. <laughs> Debbie Downer over here. Um, I like LaVisca Chanel. I actually think Chanel is one of the rookies that you should keep an eye on um, and could probably steal from your friends because you're totally right, Graham. He does have a lot more of like, it's all yards after the catch or yards after contact, I would say, for Chanel. Like, go watch that 2018 thing, really bored. Go on YouTube and Google LaVisca Chenault 2018 film because 2019 he struggled with some injuries and some like injuries in areas where if you get hurt like your ribs and areas where if you like get hit it hurts even more. So go watch 2018 when he was a little bit more injury free and you're like, oh, this guy is a boss, like total boss. That's how I envision them using him, meaning I do think that he takes a lot of touches from Fournette. But I also think that all those other like, you know, gadget guys that come in for whatever. Yeah, no, just chanel will will eat their lunch you know so i i don't know i'm i'm super down on this offense overall though like i like gardner Minshew. i just don't know who he's gonna throw it to he seems like he's fun but like i also think the gardner Minshew experiment is probably not gonna last like all that long so it seems to me like i don't know it's this this doesn't seem like the best team out there I've, I've compared Gardner Minshew sort of to Jeremy Lin, right? Like, remember when Lin Sanity was a thing for the Knicks? I that is amazing. <laughs> right? And, like, for, like, two, three weeks, like, yeah. this was, like, the biggest thing going. And that was sort of Minshew, right? Like, he had that run during the season last year where, like, you know, like, he was the, the number one Halloween costume in the Jacksonville area for a while because, like, he was just super popular. And I think, you know, things sort of come back to earth. And, like, he'll be okay, but, like, I don't I don't think that he'll ever reach that level of mania that we saw when he kind of first took over there uh, in Jacksonville. Um, Graham, is there a chance for a Tyler Eifert revival this year? Oh, man, I hope, maybe. I, it's it's the, the Jags this year, they just have so many pieces between Westbrook, between Conley, Chanel, Eifert. They also have Josh Oliver, too, who is a fifth, sixth-round pick for them. I I don't know. I mean, I think there's some better late round targets like Gerald Everett at the tight end spot. But um, I, I for played last year and got through a whole season and, and was a big contributor to that Bengals team. I mean, he saw like yeah. 60 targets, which is uh, kind of quiet. But, yeah, I just think the Jacks have too many pieces outside of Chark in their passing game to really get too excited about. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. I know we it's 
ever since that huge year for Eifert, which you know seems like forever ago now, um, I think we've been chasing it, and it just hasn't happened. Part of it, obviously, has been health. Uh, he just has not been able to stay on the field. Last year, he finally did. So we'll see. Maybe maybe uh, a change of scenery will do him well. Um, switching over to the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry was phenomenal last year, Cynthia, um, and did it. The, usually it's hard to have a season as great as he did in fantasy without catching the ball a lot. He had 18 receptions, right? Like the next the next closest guy in the top 10 was Nick Chubb at 36. He had twice as many catches. He had 18 touchdowns. Can he do it again? Can he be a top five running back again if he's still not going to catch the football? You know, I'd have a hard time saying yes, because there's really no data to support the fact that, I mean, those, sure, the scheme really does work. Like, I really like their OC. I thought he was a really, and his name's Arthur. My dad's name's Arthur. It's all good. So ultimately, I liked what they were doing to get him open. And Derrick Henry is a force of nature. Those yards after contact are really, really interesting and very meaningful. That being said, if you're playing fantasy football, you the the amount of, I mean, we could go through and be like, okay, so you get one point for every 10 yards. Like You're having to go 10 yards more than the next closest guy to like get the same amount of points from one reception. Like that's kind of bananas, right? So ultimately it'd be hard to plan on that production in a PPR scenario. Again, I mean, teams are going to be ready for it. They they're going to have it scouted the right tackle position. Jack Conklin is now Brown and that will make a difference at least in the first game. So, you know, it's not that I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be awesome, but I think unless they decide they're going to throw him the ball a little bit more, be very leery for your fantasy team. Maybe yeah, that's, I know, that's, that's sort of how you know, I think I, you know, I think after last year, the the reflex, the knee-jerk reaction was, hey, Derrick Henry is easily top five running back. And you start to kind of dig into it a little bit, and mm. it just seems like it's going to be hard to duplicate. And, totally. and you're right. You're right. So, like, I don't think he falls off a cliff. I don't think he's going to be terrible, but – Man, 1,500 rushing yards and 18 total touchdowns, that's that's a lot. That's just asking a lot. Yeah. See, Elliot, comma, Ezekiel. Right. You know, like you just never get there again. But it's just right hard. there. Right. Uh, Graham, can Ryan Tannehill do it again after what he did last year? That's, that's the whole crux of this argument is can all these guys do it again? I mean, Tannehill last year was like one of the most efficient uh, quarterbacks in the league since he uh, – once he joined the team. I mean, he was like – uh, I think first in yards per attempt, uh, he had like the fewest drops. His receivers had like the fewest drops in the league. Uh, some of that is going to regress, but Tannehill was was, I mean, a certain level of efficiency, a certain level of efficiency like that doesn't regress. I mean, I think Tannehill is just in the perfect spot. Like Cynthia said, Arthur Smith called just an they had an awesome game plan. Like so much play action, they ran a lot of fun stuff. They're going to do the same thing outside of Jack Conklin. They're bringing back everybody. Uh, from this year, I like Tannehill super late and as a number two quarterback, like in best ball leagues. But if you know you're in a typical 10, 12 team league, you're, you're probably going to have some more attractive options. I did have one thing to add on Derrick Henry, though. Like, why don't they give him more screens? Nobody wants to tackle him. <laughs> I would never want to get in front of him moving at the speed and pace that he does ever. It's just it's crazy to me why they don't give him a couple more screens. You know, I, I would imagine they probably do this season. I think last season that was what you would expect, right? Like that's kind of, you did see that with Mariota. They tried to do that. It didn't really work out. They put Tannehill in there. They're like, we're going to go no screens, bro. Like they're just not, they they were trying to trick you and it, and it worked. So not us. It it didn't, they didn't trick us. (laughs) (laughs) They tricked defenses, but not us. We knew. 
All right. So we asked, we asked if Derrick Henry can do it again. We asked if Ryan Tannehill can do it again. Let's just let's just go three for three, uh, Cynthia. Can A.J. Brown do it again this year? I actually think A.J. Brown will be better this year. I actually think A.J. Brown will do better this year. He his He's in a position where he's going to be nothing but more helpful. And the fact that now they're going to be able to scheme to get him open a little bit more, right? Like, he's proven it. They'll be fine. He's got it. Like, They'll they'll put in some more layers and some folds. You get full Taylor Lewan all season long, which is helpful because you know left tackles make a big difference. Um, so ultimately, I think AJ Brown better. Like what he had last season is kind of to me, it's going to be better this season. That's kind of the backstop. Uh, I mean, Graham, is there another pass catcher to pay attention to in Tennessee and beyond beyond AJ yeah. Brown? There's somebody else that you're big on, <laughs> and that's why I'm with Cynthia. I think he's going to be better this year. They're just going to shovel him the ball. I mean, Corey Davis has been so inconsistent. Adam Humphreys was it's basically just a slot guy. They use Jonu Smith a little, but I don't know. I, I just think AJ Brown is such a freak show, and he looks like. Uh, just like to me, looks like the second coming of Andre Johnson. I just think they're going to pepper him with targets. And, you know, the Titans aren't going to throw a ton, but when they do, they're going to give A.J. Brown the rock. I do think there's something to be said. This is this could be like some scraps here, but when it comes to Adam Humphreys, I think he'll see an expanded role. I think with Tajay Sharp now up in Minnesota, yep. Tajay Sharp was always kind of, he's a fifth-round draft pick. They they liked He was kind of low-key in this offseason. They, they're like, you know, he's always lined up wide and he runs a deep he runs the deep routes so ultimately he did kind of what was expected but their offense wasn't really suited for him so I actually think Adam I think you'll see some Adam Humphreys love I don't think it's like something where you should like blow your fantasy like did ADP <laughs> out of the water but I do think and especially in daily fantasy you could find some good matchups for Adam Humphreys he could be like your little tiny sneaker in there yeah, you mentioned Tajay Sharp. He's that guy that, you know, every year he'll score a touchdown in like week seven or eight. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Tajay Sharp. Like he, he exists. Yeah. Like, you know? So I think that's going to probably happen in Minnesota, too. He'll score a touchdown somewhere midway through 100%. the season. It'll be like, yeah, he'll be like oh, a yeah. 48-yard touchdown. Tajay Sharp. He's like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that guy. He's there. That guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so now that we've gone through the big questions, I'm going to get some kind of superlatives, some bests and worsts that you guys expect from AFC South players. So the, the first one I've got, uh, and I put this to both of you, uh, start with you, Cynthia. Who do you think will be the top scoring fantasy receiver out of the AFC South? Oh. Um, <laughs> That's why I asked. Oh, <laughs> I, no, T.Y. Hilton, I guess. I mean, T.Y. Hilton and then A.J. Brown or A.J. Brown and then T.Y. Hilton is one of those two. All right. Uh, Graham? I, I think I'll go with D.J. Chark. And it's it's because, I mean, look, he's now in his third year um, uh, with the team. The Jags, outside of Chark, you know, they've got all these little pieces and uh, bit players. But Chark is really the only true number one target they have. And when he was healthy last year, I mean, he was Gardner, Gardner Minshew's guy. I mean, he was like uh, top 12 in target rate, top 12 in air yards. Uh, and he would have been like a top eight receiver um, if you just include like weeks one through 14 when he was healthy. So uh, I'm going to go off the board a little bit with Chark, but I, I do think it's close between him, A.J. Brown and T.Y. Hilton. Um, this this division, though, Marcus, man, like outside of a few big pieces, it's 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 pretty gross. It is pretty. Broke. I can't say DeAndre Hopkins. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure DeAndre- a lot of people in Houston. 
sure a lot of people in Houston would like you to say that, but uh, yeah. Okay, well, speaking of kind of gross, I mean, the next question is, is there an AFC South tight end that either of you trust this year? Oh, Definitely not trust. Um, <laughs> I think I think really the only yeah the only one that I like is Jack Doyle. Um, I'm just afraid Johnu Smith there in Tennessee is not going to get enough targets. I think he's really talented, but I just don't think they're going to throw enough. Uh, I think the Colts could open up a little bit, and Jack Doyle could have some some nice PPR weeks. But other than that, it's yeah it's it's not a good division for tight ends either. I think I'm going to go with I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on the Jack Doyle because I love his name, but Jack also Doyle. it's like. Exactly. Um, I, I also do think that I do think Trey Burton could be interesting. Not awesome, but we've seen him catch passes before. <laughs> he, I have seen him catch a pass. <laughs> <It's happened. laughs> Look, I mean, at some point, at some point, you get deep enough into the tight end rankings, and like you know, interesting One week that, situation. Yeah, you know, like hey, look, you know, interesting might be the best that you can hope for, right? Like that's that's all you can expect. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about Lavisca Chenault. Uh, are there any other? Are there any big or any other bigger AFC sleepers out there? AFC South sleepers, I guess I should say, out there besides Chenault? Or is he kind of the, is he the top of the list there? I like Pittman, too. Yeah, mm. yeah that was going to be my choice, Pittman. Um, it's just going to be weird for rookies this year. I think it's going to take them some <laughs> right. time to acclimate, get used to the offense. But uh, I, think, I think if I had to choose, it would be Pittman because he's really, really good at football. I guess. Okay. So that leads me on to the, who's the most overdrafted player, the guy that uh, the guy out of the AFC South that maybe will leave the most folks disappointed this year. I think it's Fournette. I think, I think Fournette's probably the easy answer. I mean, he's going to go in your draft, uh, probably second, third round um, in between the Jags offense, not being very good and, and him, uh, we're kind of expecting some uh, regression in terms of uh, his, his target total. I think Fournette could be that guy. Um, really hope I'm wrong because I, I, I used to love Leonard Fournette's talent and uh, I still think he has it. It's just uh, this, this team and his surrounding talent is not very good. And uh, if he catches, like if his receptions fall by 30, 40 percent, uh, his his output last year would look even worse. So I, I think I'll go with Fournette, and it's only because the receivers in his range are, are looking uh, a lot like just a safer bet. I'm going to answer any Indianapolis running back because I don't think it's going to be one. I don't think it's. I don't think we have a clear cut number one. I think there's going to be a Marlon Mack game. I think there's going to be a Naheem Hines game. I think there's. I, I think we're going to see this Jonathan Taylor game. I don't think it's going to be this like. And I think for whatever reason, I've seen a lot of theories on like, who's the winner? Who do we want? Like, and and I feel like it's like new England backs. You're all wrong. You're not going (laughs) to be right. You're going to drive yourself nuts every week being like, is it? And then, you know, whatever Rex Burkhead's going to come score a touchdown somehow. And you're going to get back every time, every (laughs) Tamposi knows every single time. Right. But so it's like, I, I, so I think they're there. It's going to be that constant source of frustration for you. So Yeah. If I have Marlon Mack and I get vultured by Rex Burkhead, there's a story there. Like, there's a real story there. At that point. I don't know which one turns into Rex Burkhead, but like, it's one of them, right? It's probably I don't I don't know, but it's gonna be one. It's gonna be so frustrating. You're like, no, I knew it. Jordan Wilkins is gonna have a game. That's who it'll be. Yep. Yep. Exactly what's gonna happen. Um, all right. So let's finish up with some either ors, right? I'll give you two names uh, and you can use whatever criteria you want. Just uh, a name and a couple words for why you picked this person or thing. Um, Cynthia, I will start with you and and Graham. You can follow up. 
Uh, either or, Philip Rivers or Ryan Tannehill, go. Uh, Tannehill. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just, I just, I love Philip Rivers, and I love, but like, I just think like Tannehill is. These, I just love Arthur Smith, and I love what they're going to be able to do. And Tannehill like has that chip on his shoulder, so I love a good chip. And I know that Philip Rivers has a chip on his shoulder too, but. I don't know if I trust people who don't swear, and that's a different story for a different day. But Horse people mess. don't swear. I'm not sure. I'm going with Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Tannehill too, and uh, he's a sneaky good scrambler. Uh, last year had four rushing touchdowns, added a little bit with his legs too. Uh, so even if he does have some like efficiency drop, he can maybe make it up with some scrambling. You know, I feel like the the Ryan Tannehill played wide receiver at Texas A and M narrative. Like oh it, it never oh it never quite took off though. Like, you know, it's not it's it's not it's not canon like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard or you know, all the yeah, other I ones. Antonio Gates used to play basketball. Right. You know, Patrick Patrick Mahomes' dad played baseball. Like, you know, it's not it hasn't become canon like that. Like I think we've we've sort of let the Ryan Tannehill played wide receiver trope sort of fade away. Like we should bring that back. That needs to come back this year. Um all right, Graham, start with you on this one. Duke Johnson or Naheem Hines? Uh, Duke Johnson. I, I can't quit Duke Johnson. That's really all I got. I mean, I, I think he's just been so underrated and underutilized his whole career. Uh, he had to play with Hugh Jackson. Now he's playing with Bill O'Brien. I, I just want to see Duke Johnson uh, be unleashed. You know, I'm actually going to agree with you on Duke Johnson because last season there were some incredible splits about what happened when like Duke Johnson was on the field and like how it was always a certain type of player or whatever. So I think it's like Duke knows he doesn't care. He's like, well, we're going to run the same play again. <laughs> and it's going to work or it's not going to work, but I, I'm going to do it anyways. And, you know, I got I to gotta give that kind of cojones some some love for that, right? Like, he, the defense knows what you're going to do. And He's going to do it anyway. Not his call. Not his call. He's a good soldier, you know? Good soldier. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, stay with you, Cynthia. Oceans or mountains? Oceans every time. Definitely oceans. <laughs> Only oceans. Mountains can be scary, especially when they start when they start snowing. I'm from North Carolina. Right. You you get up on a mountain in the snow on a cliff. And you're in your car. You're gonna have it's 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 definitely not not a, uh, not an excitable, not enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> I like mountains, but they never like you're never gonna buy like a noise machine that's like here's the noise of the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> the noise of the mountains never. is just like really loud wind. That's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one wants that. Right? Like oceans make people happy. Um, I'm going to develop a white noise machine with like mountain sounds. I don't really know what they are. Um, Cicadas. You're munching on grass. Like I have no idea what that is. A mountain lion crawling through some grass and drinking from a brook. I don't know. All right. right, Last one. Uh, Graham, crunchy, uh, extra crunchy or creamy? Oh, dude, creamy. You can't trust anybody that says crunchy. You can't trust me then, because I don't know. But wait, like in regards to what? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. About peanut butter. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just thinking like foods, and I'm like, well, like if well, you, you know, to, yeah, like I don't want you know, I don't want crunchy it, eggs. Wait, like, that's so well, you don't want things that aren't supposed to be crunchy to be crunchy, and you don't want things that are supposed to be crunchy to be smooth. No, but if it's yeah. peanut butter, extra crunchy, you want to know you're eating peanut butter. It's not all these weird chemicals. The good peanut butter, the real peanut butter, it is crunchy because it's made from peanuts. Feel what you see what I'm saying here? It's like <laughs> I, weird I guess, chemicals, other stuff. That's I guess not I'm a, peanut butter. That's I guess I'm a butter. sucker. I'm a sucker for stuff that's not. I know that's not healthy for me. <laughs> I just don't want to eat into a PB and J and feel a crunch for some reason. It's just a right weird here. texture thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I can't I'm trust a, myself. Then I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a crunchy guy, you know. Like otherwise, it's just it's peanut flavored spread. 
uh, is sort of what it is. Peanut flavored chemicals. I'm telling you, <laughs> I have no problem with chemicals. Like, I, look, I, you know, I, I still will eat chicken McNuggets every now and then. So, like, I'm I not eat for roll ups. It's fine. I'm right. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not one to like turn my nose up at chemicals. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, before we get out of here, though, um, I mean, Cynthia, folk, let folks know where. I mean, I know where you're working. I know what you're doing. But folks who maybe aren't following us closely, let them know, uh, you know, what you're up to nowadays. So I, you know, listen, I'm doing a lot of writing right now. NFL.com slash Freeland. You can read it. It's a lot of like in the weed stuff because not much is going on right now. So let's get back to football. So I don't have to keep like running experiments in my little like science lab. And they try to put a science, a, a coat, a lab coat on me, like even more than we try to do on Fantasy Live Normal. Um, I, so at C Freeland. Cynthia Freeland, all one word on Instagram. You can, you know, come hang out. I haven't been very active on the social media these days because I've been watching a lot of film and eating a lot of snacks. I'm gonna have a little COVID belly going on. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta work that off. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's training camp for all of us at this point, right? So we can all get back into into game shape. Uh Graham, tell folks about what you're up to right now. Yeah, I'm um, just working right now, just gearing up for the season. Uh, we're, we're working hard at fantasypoints.com uh, to bring you some fun stuff. Uh, got a bunch of like pro- player profilers that are about to come out. We, we wrote like 300 of these things, and uh, I'm very, very glad that they're over now. Uh, but like Cynthia, I need to w- start working on my COVID guide and get, start, start dropping off the LBs and, and get back in uh, a decent shape. But, uh, just yeah, my right I, arm. Yeah. So time to get to BSOHL, right? Best shape, get in the best shape of your life at this point. Yeah. Ronald uh, Jones, Marcus. Ronald Jones I, is in the I best shape of his life. He's been on that weight, man. There you go. <laughs> uh, I have to ask you this. Since, I mean, I got, how on earth did you guys land the the URL for fantasypoints.com? That seems, that seems like a miracle. good one. Witchcraft. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> our, our guy, our guy, Ben Kukanis, he's like our operations guy. He, uh, he locked it down and we were all shocked. I mean, I, I had no idea how it was still out there either, but yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Well, uh, definitely go check them out over there. Check out Cynthia. You can find her work as she mentioned at NFL.com <laughs> and all that good stuff. Uh, Ricky Hollywood. Work. Yes. Wait, hold on. I, I have to ask you one question here. Okay, sure. Okay. So why we need more of the like non, we, I don't want you to put your baby's face in any pictures because okay. we want safety. Right. Can we do more of the like the like what is my baby doing thing like baby perspective stuff? I'm not getting enough baby stuff in COVID. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll work on that. Thank you. That'll that'll be my that'll be my uh, my mission for training camp. We'll work. Thank on you. That uh, <laughs> Thank you. I guess I say, Ricky Hollywood. I mean, what are what are you up to now? I know you're you're chilling with the ATN guys. Like, yeah, all a, over the place. Celebrity a celebrity by association because of that. Yeah, no, thing, things are good. Doing a lot of ATN stuff. Did a few uh, Madden simulations on, on YouTube and Twitch. Cool. Um, still pumping out the broadcast once a week, you know, doing doing the comedy stuff and uh, drinking coffee at four in the afternoon because I don't go to bed till two in the morning because their life has no order. <laughs> there's, there's no, time means nothing. It, you know, it's, it's just one long, continuous day. It's, it's, really, it's, it's just like, like we kind of sleep, we eat, and it's just the same day over no, and over again. Yeah, isn't this four in the, the morning that we're taping this, or is this four in the afternoon? Because I have no uh, idea. Uh, I, yeah. thought it, just, I definitely thought it was 5 a.m. No, I'm true. <laughs> weirded out seeing people's mouths, right? Like, you, you like anywhere you go, like, everything's covered. Have, and have then I'm like, the smizing. I'm not good at smizing. I need to be a <laughs> smizer. My eyes open up so wide. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
Have you guys been dreaming, like dreaming with people with masks on now? Like, no. that's ch- that's well, changed for me. Not yet. I, Thank God. Yeah, I got I got there a couple weeks ago and I was like, OK, this is enough. No more dreaming for me. Oh, <laughs> I kind of yeah. like it. I don't have to smile at people. I'm just like, yeah, well, it just, it's just weird. <laughs> Cover my face. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. My smizing is bad. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully this, you know, this all comes to an end sooner rather than later. It needs um, to. I'm going crazy. <laughs> so, all right. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching the videos as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, a rich person is nothing but a poor person with money. Take care of yourselves. Please wear a mask. <laughs> and we'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.